Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. The reason why I've been able to climb up the career ladder so fast is because I almost have some blind courage, I would say, is I'll figure it out when I get there and I'll just go for it. It can be intimidating, but everything that's worth it is intimidating. It's not easy. It's time for Women Who Code Conversations, a segment to hear from top technology professionals sitting down with a Women Who Code member to discuss real world experiences in the industry, what they've learned over the course of their career and what they think is coming next for tech. So have any of you, you know, changing careers, of course, like often you're working with um, other people, particularly men who have been studying computer science basically their whole career. Did any of you ever experience imposter syndrome in the workplace? I like that you put it in the past tense, like it's not a thing that um, that I still struggle with. Um, but yeah, I, I was always the only woman engineer wherever I was, uh, which is why I uh, to try to help uh, other people not feel alone. But yeah, imposter syndrome doesn't, for me anyway, never super goes away, but I continue to just push ahead and uh, have a strong voice wherever I am. I, I typically get noticed. I'm only 4'11", so I can sometimes get lost, but I make sure that that doesn't happen. And that's, that's basically how I combat it. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, I totally experience imposter syndrome now. I'm heading up a couple different departments and I'm still fairly young and I don't have that many years of experience. So I, I definitely feel that all the time. And when I entered tech, I actually entered as a software developer and I can't tell you how many comments I've received from other men, um, particularly one of my favorites, um, sarcasm there, <laughs> it was uh, a man approached me and asked me what I do. And I said, I'm a software developer. And he was like, oh, well, you don't look like one. And I was like, okay, like, what is, what does that mean? And he said, well, um, uh, like, well, what were you doing before that? And I said, well, I was a designer and he's like, okay, that makes sense. And then when you hear those types of comments, it's like, it can be very challenging to, to push through, but there is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Wow. Has anyone else been told that you don't look like a software designer? I'm just curious. <laughs> That's amazing. Terrible. I mean, you what? Absolutely. Oh my God. What about, I mean, so people so explicitly like, like, take it as a, com- I mean, it's a weird compliment, right? It's their weird way of saying that you all are very attractive and they don't know how to deal with that. Like you're not the stereotypical nerd with like tape on their glasses and you know, dirt and stuff. And <laughs> So take it how it's meant to be. I've had it work out a person in front of me. I think a similar thing I've run into is having people assume that um, this has happened at a few companies that I'm the secretary or the assistant or the business. Everyone's nodding. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can't be, you can't be the engineer, not even a junior engineer because you're the only woman in the room. So I'll assume that you're the person who can, you know, go get me a pen from the supply closet. I had one place. I had one place where I was, um, called office mom because I was the only the only mom in the office and that pigeonholed me the entire time I was at that company like nobody took me seriously there because I was just everybody's mom not that I wanted to be any of their moms but yeah <laughs> yeah how how I mean have people asked you like oh you know can you can you how do you refill the coffee in the coffee machine I mean how do like how do we respond to questions like that when they come from a place of like you're clearly a woman 
um, you know, you, you must know this. It's not my job to know it. Is there a good way to respond to those types of questions? My next job after the office mom job, I stayed as far away from the food and the kitchen as possible. Um, and that was, you know, that was just like, <laughs> That was my, that was my, uh, my response, my conditioned response to being like, I am not going to clean up after you. I'm going to let somebody else volunteer to organize food. I'm not going to say those things. Um, and if you, if you hang back, people will actually fend for themselves after a while. Um, you know, it, it can be uh, a challenge because I do like doing those things just in general. Like I, I, I like cooking for people, I like take care of people, but like at work, I have to just step back and not do that. Yeah, I think uh, an easy one, like if someone were to ask me, how do I use this coffee maker? I'd probably say, I don't know, you could probably Google it. Um, so, um, and then depending on my rapport with that person, um, if they do real, like if they are asking me things that um, can be like a little bit sexist and, you know, I do have a good relationship with them. I don't, I don't necessarily mind getting a little uh, sassy here and there because it's, some some friendly banter so um that's usually how i approach those situations yeah i think it's a great idea to call call out if you think it'll be um received as a learning moment um and that was a direct personal attack for sure real quick if i may the other something i run into is not where they thought that i was the office mom but where there was another woman in the office was i mean who would take that role on and not be upset about it like she was really happy to do it and it put me in this very awkward spot when I joined this company where I had to sort of somehow, I had to be the sassy one. I like, I had to like stake, stake my ground and be like, no, I'm not, no. Uh, and it's definitely <clears throat> tricky. It's not easy to not only just go against guys, but or you know, be different against the guys' expectations of you, but other women's expectations of you. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that when you're in a workplace where there's just not very many other women, um, that can be difficult to navigate. Um, I'm, I've been in male dominated offices myself most of my career. And now I'm, I would say fortunately around more women, but it's, it's just no fun. Um, so something else, Lisa, that you touched on a little bit in your comment about being like the only mom in the office, we all do hear a lot about the ageism in the tech industry. Is that something that you feel like has impacted your career journey? Personally, yes, but I also um, lean into it now. I self-identify as an old and I work, I, I work a lot for um, inclusion and diversity um, on you know, multiple axes. And I remind people that age is definitely a diversity factor, especially in tech where old is 41, just in case you were wondering, those are the actual statistics. So no, really? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a study that was done. Um, uh, it was reported in the Harvard Business Review. I'll find the citation for it. But yeah, basically, most the majority of folks in tech are 30 and under, and a very small fraction are 40 and under. And that's really where the line stops. But the majority of the workforce in the next five years or so is going to be 40 plus. So it's a thing that we need to pay attention to. And I have, um, I'm the constant voice of um, age as a diversity metric uh, wherever I am. So, yeah. That's interesting. You know, I remember reading about that article on the Washington Post about how um, 
you know, men seem to be reacting to the aging of the tech industry by all rushing to get Botox and fillers and plastic surgery. So it'll be interesting to see if there's also a move towards accepting of of getting older and accepting of people above 40 as uh, co-workers that can contribute, you know, at work. It's it's super interesting to me because, um, you know, you can lose a lot of institutional knowledge if you devalue people with experience. And, you know, I understand that startup culture is is um, very youth oriented. And that makes a lot of sense because who wants to work 24 hour days except for people who are super young. And I get that. But also, once a company matures past that startup phase, you'll find them hiring in people who do have more experience in the industry and who are a little older. Um, this is the first time I think that I, um, I know I'm not even my last company, I think it was the first time I worked for a CEO that was, that was older than me in my entire tech career. Um, and now I'm back to where all of the founders of my company are younger than me, which is fine. We have, we have plenty of age diversity in our, in our upper ranks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a super interesting challenge. And also it's a little, I hate to say gratifying, but like to let guys know the kind of stuff that women have to put up with all the time and being super concerned about what their appearance is, what their outward appearance is every day. Um, I'm lucky, and again, that I'm very uh, small and people seem to consider that to mean young and I don't disabuse them of that notion, but also when it matters, I will tell them how old I am. (laughs) I just Um, hit the the magical 41, so um, I'm in the old category now. And I guess, oh, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. That That's great. I, I made it into the whole bucket. I think I've been fortunate because I've worked with a lot of federal agencies as a government contractor. They tend to be a little more diverse in terms of age, not so much the startup culture. Although I'll say that, you know, the company I'm at now is a startup that's transitioning to that next phase. And since I started last June, there's been a push to hire more um, elderly like myself so you know when I started I think I I was told that I was one of the oldest developers and I've been out older now so that's been nice but I think I've run more you know like just straight up sexism than ageism you know just being like you literally cannot do this because you're female wouldn't matter if you were 20 or 50 or 10 you just can't do it um what forms has that taken I um I mean, I guess I would be unpleasantly surprised, but not shocked to hear that people have literally expressed this sentiment. Like, we don't think you can do this because you are female. Or has it been a little bit more subtle? I think most people are smart enough to kind of keep their prejudices, you know, under that like veil of politeness. But I have had people who are, you know, very, very forward about the, you know, the fact that it's like, oh, you can't, you can't work on this data engineering stuff, because, you know, that's, that's real man's programming, like go work on the front end type of thing. And um, I like being down and under the covers in the basement doing what they would consider to be hard coding. Uh, But most people I think are more, you know, it's just kind of subtle. I think the typical things you hear about, like, you know, if you say something in a meeting, people just kind of talk over you or someone will take your answer and repeat it. And then suddenly it's their answer, you know, so that kind of stereotype stuff. Yeah, I think that's, you know, common to hear in tech, not perhaps the best aspect of anyone's career. Um, I mean, so so knowing all of this, like, you know, in tech, there is ageism, there is sexism. Um, you know, how would you tell, like, what would you tell people that are considering transitioning into a tech career and maybe worried about that? Just go for it. Like, 
if you think back to like one of your first jobs, so mine was like at a coffee shop. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was so fearless back then. It was like, can I use the cash register? Can I, you know, um, make these, these items. And to me, I was like, yeah, I can figure it out. I can learn. And I don't know what happens, but when we were younger, we were so much more fearless and we just went for it. And somewhere throughout our career, we lose sight of that. And we need to have every single thing off the checklist. Um, and that's something that holds people back. And the reason why I've been able to, you know, climb up the career ladder so fast is because I almost have some blind courage, I would say is, I'll figure it out when I get there and I'll just go for it. It can be intimidating, but everything that's worth it is intimidating. It's not easy. So I definitely think that it's a great opportunity to work in a very innovative place. Like, yes, don't, don't get me wrong. There's a lot to improve, but I now work at a company where I'm not the voice of like women. Like it, my voice is almost an afterthought because I have men at the table who already bring up these topics. And I didn't even think that existed until I came to this company. So I feel like we are making, making good moves and we're getting more allies. So it's just a matter of pushing for it and making sure that we educate people along the way. It's awesome. Thanks, Jeff. The women who code is crucial. If you can't find your network where you're working, and sometimes that's impossible, either based on the size or location or where you are, find your women who code around you and talk to them and they will remind you why you're doing this if you forget and they will also constantly buoy you up with um with support because that's that's how we do so um women who code has been um both uh, just a wonderful place for me to find friends and allies but also make connections help pe- help other people make connections as well Yeah, I was super anxious when I first got into coding. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but when I was going to work with Launch Code, they actually placed me somewhere remotely when I was still in Ohio and hadn't moved to St. Louis yet. And they were kind of giving me these assignments and setting me up with stuff. And the first time they talked to me on video call, I was so terrified because they were trying to set me up with GitHub and I didn't understand and it kept going back and forth. And every time I didn't know something it was like this is the end like they're gonna fire me right now like they probably think i'm so stupid because i don't have this set up or i don't understand what they're asking me to do and now like four years later i realized that like all these things are just like regular parts of the job that having to like ask questions constantly like every time i switch jobs i have to ask questions constantly like it's just part of what you do and like i mean i grew up with a family that just like there was like, I just had a lot of anxiety, like asking questions was not something that was like, okay, (laughs) especially asking lots of questions. So I kind of was programmed to feel like asking questions was a bad thing. And so that made it really hard. Um, But now I realize that like, that's just part of the job. And like, I see people now make mistakes that four years ago, if I'd made that mistake, I would have been just like horrified. And now I realize that this makes people, even people who've been programming for ages make these mistakes there's no point in beating yourself up about it. I just want to throw in asking questions. What is one of the biggest things I think that when you're working with people who are new, if they ask questions, if they know to ask questions, it's, they, they move so much faster. Like having that courage to ask questions, um, it makes all the difference. I mean, and it's really nerve wracking. I had, I worked with um, an intern who did not ask questions and she was so smart and she was so nice, but she just kept being polite the whole time and like not asking the really awkward questions of like, you know, something like GitHub, 
if you don't ask them, your your career is going to suffer a lot more than if you do and like be vulnerable for a minute. It goes, it gets better a lot faster when you when you take that track. Yeah, I think that's an awesome reminder that you know it's it's okay that you, you know nobody expects you to come on the job as the first day on the first day, whether you're junior or more experienced, knowing everything and we should always all be aggressive about asking questions instead of looking like being worried about looking like we don't know what we're doing. Um, I think that's something a lot of us struggle with constantly, no matter our career stage. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash Women Who Code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.